where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little bit unconventional or non-conforming yourself. As with all science and technology, what these women do for a living has a real impact on all of our lives, and we don't often realise it. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talked to manufacturing engineer Bethany Cousins. My name is Bethany Cousins. Uh, I'm a manufacturing engineer at the uh, Advanced Manufacturing and Research Centre with Sheffield University. Um, so that involves um, I work on lots of research projects um, where we're trying to improve processes and work with our companies uh, close by um, to try and improve things for them. The whole idea of like smart manufacturing and advanced manufacturing um, can sometimes go over my head because uh, I see manufacturing as something that's like big machines and it's quite a dirty business and you know it's it's really sort of like labor intensive so how is it going in a smart or advanced direction so more and more we're moving towards the digital aspects of manufacturing so we have a big shop floor um here at the amrc um where we do have like some of the big machine tools and there are aspects of that that do can get like a little bit dirty or a little bit more involved um, but more and more we're trying to push towards that digital aspect making sure everything's proved out digitally before we hit the machine so we can be more sustainable we're not wasting as much material uh, we know how things are going to run um, on a computer screen before they actually hit the machine and we can do a lot of the research tasks now with the background of knowledge that we've managed to accumulate so that we can find out a lot of these things without actually hitting the machine. And then when we do get on machine, um, it all runs much smoother. Like I say, it's more sustainable. We're not going through as much material and we can learn things much quicker. So is that the aim then, to just be more sustainable and more efficient um, with what you're making or are there other aspects to advanced manufacturing that you know most of us wouldn't know about? So I'd say there are definitely like other aspects. We've got sustainable sustainability is one like one of the big themes that runs through um, our company. Everything that we do, we try and improve things to make them more sustainable. Um, a lot of things as things are adapting are having to be more sustainable as well. So if they were looking at a, a lightweighting project for something that's going to go in an aircraft, fundamentally that's going to make it more sustainable. Um, but yeah, there's, de there's definitely like other themes that we're following that uh, improve things as well. So what, what would those other themes be? It's new technologies that we're trying to understand and develop, we're trying to bring um, as much manufacturing back to the UK as we can. Um, so that's really important. We want to be able to do things ourselves and these new technologies are gonna make that so much more accessible. Um, you can't compete with like, prices of how cheap they can be made in China, but if we can make them more in a smarter way, then we can compete. But if we're just doing things the old fashioned way that things have always been made, 
you just there isn't any competition right yeah because I mean there's something that's really fascinated me that I've come across is that you know we really rely on electronic devices these days whether that's our cars our washing machines our phones like they all have electronics in them that have to be manufactured and a lot of that manufacturing happens elsewhere like not in the UK so are there basic things that we have to change here in the UK to become more self-sufficient um because you know without circuit boards we can't have electronic devices like our cars wouldn't drive so like what do we need to change here in the UK to be more um, self-sufficient? Yeah, I think a lot of it is taking that step back. Um, it's, it's a difficult one for companies to do because obviously you're not continuously pushing forward and manufacturing more and more um, components. You have to almost stop where you are, re- rethink things, look at how they're made, um, try and do it in a different way. Um, but if we can take that step back, come back to like the research environments and develop these new techniques and then we can implement those, um, then we can produce these things in the UK. Um, we've got, we still have some of the best like manufacturing facilities uh, in the world in the UK. So we can, we can do it. Um, and I think a lot of the time it is just that being able to have that pause and take a step back that is really important. What is manufacturing? Manufacturing is the way that we would make anything. Um, So everything that we use on a day-to-day basis, anything that's not natural, has had to be manufactured somehow. Um, So everything has been engineered in some way. Um, So it's just that process of going from a raw material all the way through to that finished product that needs to be manufactured on so many different levels and different scales. Um, so we can get to those devices or components that we use on a day-to-day basis or they're used in different uh, environments. So what would be examples of older, more traditional manufacturing methods? You could say that older methods would be much more manual. We've got ways now where we can do things which are much more automated. Um, and it doesn't have to take away from um, like go, moving towards a robot instead of a human. We still need that human presence and you still need them to interact. So it's not taking jobs away from people. It's developing those people and giving them a, a new, more involved role. Um, and like I said, with the, the digital aspects of manufacturing now, we're trying to do everything digitally before we do it physically um, just so that we can get that better understanding and we know something's going to well we can trust better that something's going to work before we actually make something trial it and then have to go back to square one right so I guess um, traditional old manufacturing methods would have been like you know tools um, like CNC machines and lathes and um, like all these machines that basically carve materials or um, melt them down and they're put into molds and you know just building things from metals and woods and plastic Um, and and so all of those tools um, are part of manufacturing right? 
Yeah, and they are still a massive part of manufacturing. We still need to use those um, to get to where we are. But the technology that we can put into these machines now um, and the knowledge behind it all is just so much more advanced. Um, we've got a lot of teams working at the AMRC with, that are trying to prove out new processes. Um, so I was quite heavily involved in the gears team at the AMRC. And um, one new process that we're really looking to to develop and push forward is called power skiving. Um, and that's a method of making gears on a conventional machine tool. So that's a, a machine tool that isn't usually made specifically to make gears. Uh, it can also do milling and turning um, and different aspects. So if we can then produce a gear on that machine as well, where we can reduce the footprint on the shop floor, we don't need to buy a specific machine tool that can be really expensive just to produce a gear. And that's all it can do. Um, you can then potentially get better tolerances because everything's machined in the same setup. So it's just trying to push these machines as far as we can to get the most out of them. Oh, right, okay. So I think sometimes when people think of smart manufacturing, they immediately just jump to 3D printers. Like, is that kind of like a, a really basic way of seeing manufacturing as being advanced like have we moved beyond that so 3d printers is like a um a massive area of manufacturing it's and i think when people jump to that um conclusion because it is something that's so it is very so new it's so innovative you should you, like previously whenever you manufacture something you're taking material away from it whereas this is building it up from nothing and you're adding that material on so it's completely flipping the process on its head. So I think that's why everyone goes to that straight away as their initial thought. And it is um, something that's, it's impressive. It can do so much things and they're developing and improving on that all the time. And it can be used for so much more than it, uh, it could previously. Um, and it will be, it's again, it's a more sustainable process in a lot of ways that we're not wasting that material that we're just getting rid of. Um, and it it could be a really good technology to employ in a lot of situations. Yeah, I've read that we might be able to 3D print houses. Um, is that really true? <laughs> I'm not sure about a house. I'm sure in the future that we'll be able to see definitely bits of um, houses. I did see one um, video, and I suppose you could call it a, like a 3D printer, and there was a, a like a robot arm going around and putting the cement down, um, so in a way, that's 3D printing, um, just on a massive scale. So it is, it is possible and it can be used in so many different ways. It's just exploring those ways and having the mindset to say, actually, we could do this in a different way as opposed to this is how it's always been done. Are there any other aspects of manufacturing where our thinking is being turned on its head um, that we that you haven't mentioned already? Um, I think this, the stage where we're at with manufacturing at the moment, I think is very much we're in that phase of we're trying to flip everything on its head. We're trying to, um, we've, as an industry, we've almost realised that we need to make these next steps and to progress even further and get these new inventions of things that we're going to have to start, we're going to have to flip it on its head and look at things completely differently to how they have been done before. 
and try and forget all of those um, past experiences. And I think that's where it's really important to get young people involved because they haven't had that. They've not been like tarnished by what's been done previously. They've got their own ideas. They're out, they're already outside that box. So now I started as an apprentice um, and I'd never seen any of it before. So sometimes you'll come into things and you'll have ideas um, and you might be told like, oh, that's not how it's done, but keep pushing those ideas because it could be how it's done in the future. I mean, that's so awesome to, to kind of see you essentially carving out the future of manufacturing by having chosen to do an apprenticeship um, and being at an organization that is all about advanced manufacturing. And we'll definitely come back to that. But on the subject of young people, um, I'm sure there are many people that are like fascinated by 3D printers. And it's really amazing to think that it's such an important part of manufacturing because um, I think we've got to a point where a lot of people think 3D printers are like the printers we have on our desks and we could like make little gimmicky things like jewelry or, you know, just fun things with a 3D printer at home. But actually it's really cool to think that 3D printers are like scaled up for industries. Um, but for any young people who are quite uh, curious about manufacturing as a possible career choice for them, what would you advise in terms of the skills they need to build up in order to have a prosperous career in manufacturing? Yes, yeah, so that's really interesting. So it can be a complete range of things that you can go into. Manufacturing and engineering as a, as a subject is so broad and there's so many different areas. I honestly believe that there'd be somewhere in there that everyone would be interested in, someone could specialise in and that they could really excel in. So I don't think really you have to focus too much on anything. Like you say, if, if you're really interested in the 3D printers side of things, then that's, that's great. Keep that interest and try and develop that. Um, but as I say, I started um, my career as a level three apprentice. So that's just after your GCSEs. Um, and I, all I needed to get onto that apprenticeship was like um, the, um, I can't remember off the top of my head, I think it was, maths, English, um, and a science at, and just at a C level, because you're starting as an apprentice, you can learn everything as you're going through. You don't need to have too much specialization before that. Um, that you, you've got that opportunity as an apprentice to learn and develop the skills you need and apply them as you're doing it so that you can really excel in your career. Why did you choose to go into manufacturing? Because I hate to say this, it makes me cringe, but it's not a typical choice for a woman. No, it, it's not like traditionally it hasn't been. And I'm still definitely in the minority. Um, but for me, as I say, I've really enjoyed my career so far. It's been like really interesting and I'm getting to do new things and develop new things every day. And there isn't anything that, puts me off my job I just it's every day it's more interesting um so for me I, I did enjoy like the sort of like maths and physics subjects at school um but I'm also quite hands-on person so the apprenticeship really suited me because I could apply that like maths and physics knowledge I was getting in the classroom 
to engineering so something that you can is tangible that you can see and that you can see improving and you can really make a difference with it um so that's why it suited me but as you say it's it was almost a step outside the box to to make that step of that's a career choice for me because it's not always been sold as that and and not everyone will see it as that but it is something that's it needs it needs improving and it is improving every day but yes engineering is definitely a place that for everyone and it's such a broad topic that like I say anyone could find it interesting somewhere. So what gave you the courage to say yeah I'll go into a a career like manufacturing that probably is male dominated and you know has that sort of um, I don't know like very industrial kind of perception yeah, I do think it helps with me. I've got like a family background in engineering. So I'd, I'd had a little insight. So I'd seen what it's like. Um, I'd seen what it's like firsthand instead of just what you hear and what people say about it. Um, so that definitely helped with me. And it's just having that confidence and um, the openness to see that everything is an option for you um, and really focusing on what would suit you, not what your friends are doing and what they think is interesting. It's finding something for you because it's your career. There's there's no such thing as a work-life balance when you're at work five days a week and at home too. So you need to enjoy what you're doing and make sure you find it interesting. Did you get a degree out of it? Yes, yeah. So um, I started at level three. Um, I did an apprenticeship then. Uh, I stepped away from like the apprenticeship side of things and I did a HMC and a HMD. Uh, and then most recently, uh, I went back to an apprenticeship to do the degree. Uh, so uh, I graduated a couple of weeks ago uh, from the University of Sheffield with a bachelor's, but was getting paid and con- continuing with my career at the same time the whole way through. So I've been progressing both academically and on a career side as like simultaneously. So it's been like a fast track for me with uh, being able to do them both together well congratulations on graduating that's <laughs> awesome. massive milestone reached um what have been the highlights or the aspects of your apprenticeship and your experience in manufacturing that you have loved the most so one of the positives of an apprenticeship is that you're with so many you're with this pool of people that are all like-minded they're all doing an apprenticeship but it's not all in your exact area of manufacturing so I've like each class that I've been in you've been in with say 20 people all working for a different company all with different experiences different specializations and that's a network of people that I still carry through my career now and they're people I can rely on or ask for advice from uh, and I can always access that group of people um, and just being able to do that academic learning at the same time as continuing in like your career and being able to apply that academic learning straight away in the work environment, it's I've remembered so much more than I definitely would have done if I was just sat in a classroom for a few years and then had to go and apply it. And you've been able to improve it and see exactly where you're, what you're learning, why, why you're learning that and how it's helping. I think that's just been like, invaluable. What do you actually do on a sort of like daily or weekly basis? Like 
What does a job in manufacturing look like? My job at the AMRC is very varied. So I think that's one of the things I do like about it so much. Um, we get research projects come in um, where you'll have a problem or something that needs improving. And initially you'll look at that problem. You'll have to decide how we're going, we're going to tackle it, how we're going to improve that, um, that problem. So initially you're more of like a, in the planning stages and you, um, that innovative side of things has to come out. Um, then you'll move on to like the, say some computer uh, aided machining. So you'll be doing all of that, dig those digital aspects, trying to prove processes out in, um, investigate how things can be done. Um, so that's all very um, like laptop based. Um, but then also you'll probably take that onto a machine based trial. So then you're getting more hands on again. Uh, you're seeing things be made physically. Um, you're like, collecting loads of data throughout all of this, uh, which then you'll analyze, put all together in like a, a report style format and feed all of this back to the customer. So there's lots of customer engagement and just research engagement, trying to engage with as many people as possible to get all of these ideas in and see how we can improve. Um, so it is really varied and no project is the same. It's always different, whatever comes in. So it's a, keeps it interesting, definitely. Is there anything out there in our everyday lives that you've worked on that we'll recognise? Um, so potentially, like uh, we're, the AMRC is in very close partnership to um, Boeing. So we're based in Sheffield and Boeing Sheffield just opened uh, across the road. So we've got a really close relationship with them. We do lots of research projects for them um, and working in collaboration with them. So while they're continuing their production, they can give us a problem that oh, we've got this that needs improving slightly, but we haven't got the time to stop production because we still need to carry on. So we can go away and look at that for them. Um, so there'll be uh, definitely bits of that that you might have seen uh, in, in real world. You know, your work just sounds so like academic. Um, you know, you're researching, you're testing, you're experimenting, uh, you're writing out your results. Um, I personally would love to have that kind of job. Um, but yet, with all of that research, it's so um, hands-on, like you're really in the thick of it. Like, do you, are you aware that what you're doing is really like a, a a total harmonizing of academia and kind of the practical side of things? Um, I think from like an inside point of view, it's difficult to always see that. Um, but you can just see from like our workforce that you don't need to have had an academic background or you don't need to have had that more hands-on experience um, to excel here. So just looking around like the office that's um, around me now, You've got people that have, have done degrees, they've got masters, they've got PhDs, and they're sat next to someone that's got a level three apprenticeship um, and everyone's working together and it takes that collaboration to really excel. Yeah, it really is such a mixture. And um, I mean, do you feel like you want to get sort of like the PhD and all of those 
kind of um, accolades, I guess. Does that interest you? Um, to an extent, definitely, I think it does. But um, I don't feel I need them. Um, I feel like I'm still able to. I'm still able to progress. I've done. Um, I've done well to get where I am and to get to the position I am at work. And I think my apprenticeship background has been the most valuable bit of what I've done. So that combination of the two and getting that hands-on experience and the academic knowledge at the same time has been the bit of my career and the biggest choice I've made that has really, really helped. So I think I'd definitely push people or encourage them anyway that that was that was the right decision for me you don't have to just go down one route or the other it's that collaboration of the skills that really is making the difference yeah I mean I must say you really are in the gray overlap area of the Venn diagram um, and you know hands down every apprenticeship or apprentice that I've interviewed um, I just, you know, I just wish I had chosen an apprenticeship when I was um, thinking about a career in engineering because you you just get something so special that you don't get at university. But I also, um, time and time again, hear about the importance of collaboration and how it does require this mixture of um, perspectives and experience and and um, yeah, I must say, sort of listening to your experiences being in advanced manufacturing, like it just sounds so exciting and fresh and there's so much potential um, in the future for where you are to just grow and keep evolving. What do you think um, are the challenges uh, that you face doing what you do because it just sounds so positive all round at the moment like is there anything that you struggle with a little bit yeah so I'd say one of the big challenges is it's keeping up with this technology so things are advancing so quickly all of the time it's being able to get that background knowledge that that can then get employed in industry and then the big challenge of getting industry to convert over to it because they've been doing things their way for so many for so many years and it works why would they step away from that so that's a big challenge and something that we're really working on um, is to get that next step and get the get it actually in industry and being used but you're always learning you've got to be keen to keep learning and keep on researching and finding out all these new technologies that can be employed because um, like I say it's just moving at such a fast pace there's always something new to learn do you code um in in ways so there's um um so all the cnc machines they need coding so you put in um you write programs um but a lot of the time now that's done through like the the computer-aided manufacturer that we're doing the cam processes um so that technology has come so far now that you can um, like draw tool paths that you want to follow on the machine. Um, and then you can, it's called posting that program out and that'll post into the code that you need on the machine uh, to then allow that to run. And you can run that through simulations first on your, um, on your laptop before you hit the machine tool. 
and that'll show you exactly what it's going to do before you do it on machine. So you know it's you know it's safe um, and you know it's doing exactly what you want it to. Um, well, there is so many different areas of like coding that I am definitely not an expert in, but we there's like that's what I mean with like so many areas that you can specialize in and get interested in, and um, there really is something for everyone. So, where do you hope to see your career progress? Like, what are the next steps for you in the next several years? Um, yeah, so just keep learning as much as I can, gain as much like knowledge from all these people that I'm like, lucky to be surrounded with and work with every day. Try and pick up as much of that as possible. Um, so just keep striving in my career and see where the next steps take me, see what opportunities come my way and uh, where they'll be suited. I want to always be interested in the work I do and enjoy it. So I want to keep moving and developing to make sure that that is the case. You sound like you're not driven by money or power or um, it sounds like you just you have a real genuine interest in making a difference in um, manufacturing. Is that a fair assessment? Um, to an extent, obviously, we'd all like more money. Um, but I think um, if you can keep progressing like, and keep developing your skills and keep that interest, the other side of things will come with it. So if I can keep learning new things and developing and being a better engineer, then those opportunities will come with more money and all the extra things. But as long as I'm interested and enjoying it, that should hopefully come naturally. So the stereotype of like jobs in manufacturing being sort of like being on a shop floor, very labor intensive, overalls, um, lifting heavy machinery or parts. Is that um, a bit mythical or um, is it actually really like that? Um, not at all. Obviously there are aspects that will still need to be like that, but it's not just that at all. Um, so there's all of these different ways that um, we're looking at manufacturing now. And it's not just um, labor intensive, really manual. Um, there's, there'll be people here at the AMRC that they never touch a machine, but they're still progressing and making new ideas and innovative uh, like breakthroughs in technology. Um, so it's just picking what area suits you, but, um, there will, like I say, there will be areas where there will have to be some manual intervention and things, but it's very limited and it's getting less and less limited. And even with the technology you've got now to uh, help with that, so like that, you've just got like an overhead crane and things that are just accessible so easily. So you don't have to do that yourself. And it's just, um, yeah, there is aspects of it, but there's just so much more as well. So for anyone sort of who has heard you um, and they're thinking, wow, that, that, her career sounds really interesting and kind of different. Um, what advice would you have for anyone whose curiosity has been piqued? Um, you know, what kind of person should be going into an industry like yours? I think that's, again, um, 
there's such a broad group of people that could go into this industry. And I do think that there's a place for everyone. Um, and if it has like spiked your interest, do that research, look into all the different um, bits of engineering. Even if it's one just a little, one little bit I've said, have a look into that and you'll find that that's an absolute like um, mass of information there and different areas you could go into there. Um, so just think, have a look, see what is out there, see what the options are. Um, you don't have to be too committal at first. Like I say, if you went through the apprenticeship route, you've got that time to experience different things hands-on as well. So then you can progress and say, oh, well, I'm, I wasn't that interested in that bit that I did, but the, what we're doing this month is really interesting. And then you can direct your career down that route. And it's just, there really is a place, I think, for everyone to, to find something interesting. Well, it's just been incredible hearing about your story and learning a bit more about the job that you're doing. It sounds like you're in an industry that is really transforming and updating and it's so exciting. And um, I'm kind of really chuffed for you that you've chosen a career where um, you can almost create your own niche within the industry and kind of you can drive the direction that your career goes in. Um, so thank you so much for sharing all of that with us. No, thank you very much for, for having me. It's been great to, to talk about and share these experiences. And I really do hope that more people do start to consider that career in engineering. And especially, as you say, said earlier, as a female, like it's been a great career choice for me. So I really would advise that people at least consider it as an option. <laughs>